0: You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bhatt and Megan Gesner. Before we get into the rest of the episode, if you've been enjoying our content so far, please
1: go rate and review us
0: wherever you might be listening from or don't. Just keep on hanging with us. All right. On to the rest of the episode. Hi, Poison Pals. We are back, back, back. And this is Megan's first episode as The Deadly Dose, officially. We are so excited. Megan is – I just have to say like right now, Megan is wearing the cutest dress ever and it's in my favorite color, which I, I think it's in lime. Is that, is that lime green? No, this is definitely a lemon. A lemon. <laughs>
1: lemon yellow. Okay. But I am shadowed. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> I am in a darker lit <laughs> environment. So I – yeah, no. Oh, it's, beautiful. It almost looks like your ch- chartreuse chair that you're sitting yeah. in. But in full, real, true light, it is like a lemon I yellow. like that.
0: I do like yeah. a lemon yellow, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is. Thank you. Summer, summer time. And actually, I will be heading down south next Monday. So I'll get to mm-hmm. see Megan in person in the flesh. Yes. <laughs> Ryu, yes. yes. We're going to frolic together in the San Diego sunshine. <laughs>
1: This is true. We're going to get our tan. Oh, on. yeah. I'm already getting dark. Dude. I spent, what, like two beach days? Oh, yeah. This past month.
0: Nice. And I am a
1: summer, <laughs> summer brown. Are you a nut a color? Very, very You're
0: brown. brown is a nut.
1: Do I get, I think I do get to like a nutty, warm brown. I love it.
0: We're not there yet,
1: mm-hmm. but it's,
0: it's coming. Oh, my God. It's I, I just swallowed a whole piece of ice. <laughs> That is the weirdest sensation ever. That's so
1: funny. Are you, did you, do you ever have problems with swallowing? I don't. I feel like we've talked about I don't. About it so far. I know you do. I do. But do you still <laughs> pills? I have problems swallowing pills, y'all. But I don't know what
0: you're thinking. <laughs> For real. Wait, do you, yeah, do yeah. you still have problems swallowing?
1: Yeah, I, I do. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, larger pills. Like, I'm thinking in my medicine cabinet, I have like the, magnesium Ugh, pills that are like chalky and white and those ginormous. are horrible yeah um that stuff it does take me a while i've gotten better like i've matured <laughs> and i can psychologically get over it but i do still do that thing sometimes where i'm like i need to pretend to masticate yeah. like yeah. i need to chew yeah. that sensation of chewing mm-hmm. and then i pop the pill in and then i can
0: you swallow. know what it's a crime but, against humanity yeah. to have chalky pills that you must swallow like that <laughs> if it's made out of chalk you're supposed to chew. Chalk is for chew. But yeah, yeah that's okay. that's my okay. personal pharmacy philosophy. Yeah. Like Okay. <laughs> but I'm specifically thinking of like fish oil, like like those mm. like uh mm-hmm. capsules, like the one that has like the shiny yeah. waxy coating, the gel the capsules. Gel capsules. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. just thinking about it, I can feel it stuck in my throat. Like for for Ooh. years. For years it's just there. Yeah, like yeah. that feeling where it's just like
1: mm-hmm. I know what you mean. The anything that's in a gel capsule form, because I actually have fish oil in my medicine cabinet mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. That one goes down a little easier for me. And yeah. I think it has to do with that feel that psychological thing of the ma- magnesium is a hard, concrete substance yep. and the fish oil is chewy. And then yeah, I don't know. That one does go down easier. It is it's, it's um, supposed to. For me it yeah. does <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> The opposite it, it's like like once the pill is in my throat it like sticks all its hands and feet out and it's like I don't want to go down anymore
1: it's <laughs> just like being <laughs> and I can feel it yeah, I I'm hate like, that feeling it. I I I totally that's I do hate that feeling it feels so dry and it's like
0: Ugh. it's the worst and like although I don't have swallowing issues I I mm. do have problems just with water like plain old water like I will always choke on my water <laughs>
1: Oh yes. like god! I damn feel it. You There, I feel yeah. I do feel like I. I believe that I kind of choke on water and my own spit more than a normal person. Yeah. But I think it's because I think about it so much. Like I've okay. I've gotten into this like catch twenty two of like because I choke on my own spit, I think about it a lot, and therefore it continues the cycle. Oh and you know I'm overthinking. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Um, I feel that. So that is me. Yeah. So we're the
1: same. Yeah. We're the same in that because regard. like
0: when you choke. Okay, this is the last thing I'll say about swallowing. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> so because when you choke on water, it's like you're really like doing like a hacking cough. Like it sounds like you're dying, yeah, right? Yeah. So yes, this yes. has happened to me so often now where it's just become a regular day to day thing where they will yeah. be in the bathroom and I'll just be right outside, like hacking away. <laughs> Nothing. Sometimes I'll look to see is does C care? No. Not a peep, not a peep. <laughs> That's so
1: funny. You've cried wolf too many. Cri- yeah, cried wolf. Too I've many coughed times. wolf
0: too many times. Coughed wolf
1: too many times. That's funny. Have you Have you gotten to the point where like you're so used to choking on water or whatever <laughs> liquid that you're capable of actually simultaneously hacking and swallowing the rest of the yes. water at the same yes. time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it's gotten to that point for me where I'm like, I know I'm about to bust. (laughs) Like I'm about to spew everywhere. I'm going to swallow this as fast as I can and control the breathing and then I'll hack. Yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you try to you try to worsen the load on everything else. Yeah, I I feel that exactly. Anyways, this is semi a good transition, I think.
1: (laughs) It is absolutely a fantastic transition because yes, I'm sorry. Did you want to give me more? No, no, no. (laughs) Intro. I was I was ready. Okay, (laughs) this is this is a great transition because we will actually be talking about a supplement, Mm -hmm. very popular supplement. And it's funny because this one's actually a chewable one, as oh. a lot of supplements are chewable. What?
0: Um, I don't I mean, chew mine. The one – oh, maybe I'm not following the direction. <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: should grab it. I hold on. Let me grab mine.
0: Oh, my God. Should I grab mine too? I meant to
1: have it. Okay, yeah, let's, let's grab... compare okay, because it'll I'm be mine. important. Okay, okay. We're pause, 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 pause. Poison Pals, I know you're on the
0: edge of your seat Try to figure out
1: what the hell we're talking about.
0: ASMR. <laughs> Wait. Jiggly jiggly.
1: You guess what it is? Can you guess what it is? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) it's Christmas time. It sounds like I know it does. Okay, so we're going to talk about melatonin, Mm -hmm. popularly used as a sleep aid. It is an Typically, an over-the-counter supplement, there are prescribed versions of melatonin. (laughs) But I wanted to talk about melatonin today because if you're like me and you just like to type in poison (laughs) in the news on the Google search bar, as I've told you guys many times before, um, you'll know that melatonin has been in the news recently because the CDC just recently published a study. That found that in the last 10 years, uh, there has been an increase of melatonin ingestion, accidental melatonin ingestion, in children, you know, from 2012 to 2022. What that means is that there's been accidental ingestion to a point where people are reporting it to poison control centers. Mm. And so when I first saw this trending in the news, I was like, this is like the can- the, the cannabis yeah. intoxication story. I just feel like there's something going on <laughs> with children getting into parents' medicine cabinets or something, right? So I wanted to just talk about that today, talk about what the CDC mm-hmm. had, had found, talk about what melatonin is our relationship with melatonin, specifically in the US mm-hmm. compared to other countries? And is melatonin, is there a threat of melatonin to have toxicity effects on adults or on children? So, yeah, let's, yeah. Let, let's get into it. But I wanted to, I already tuned Harini into what the topic was going to be today because I was just so fascinated by what I was reading up on melatonin. And um, the first thing, that is always interesting to me is the FDA's relationship with melatonin. And what I found out in my research is that dietary supplements are not regulated by the FDA, meaning melatonin is not regulated by the FDA. Now, at some point in this conversation, I might kind of speak in a way where, well, that's like, that could potentially be a negative thing. But mind you, we've talked about the FDA in other contexts before where they have approved something or regulate something. And it's like, why? <laughs> you know, like, it's, yeah. it's both sides of the coin. So when I say that dietary supplements are not regulated, I'm just want you to keep an open mind there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So anyways, so f- for you, Harini, mm-hmm. as a pharmacist, what did you ever learn about melatonin or dietary supplements in general in school? Like what do you think of when you think of melatonin?
0: Yeah, we definitely learned about it and I, I was actually trying to pull it up right now. So, you're right. We learned about it in two different ways mm-hmm. because as you said, melatonin is also prescription. Mm-hmm. So, we learned about it in like our sleep medication section as well as for our dietary supplement section and mm-hmm. really the difference is in the dosage and sometimes melatonin can be like paired with something else in a prescription form mm-hmm. but um basically melatonin is usually like over the counter like i'm sure you'll get you'll get into this it's typically mm-hmm. like three milligram dose mm-hmm. um over the counter i'm sure let me just check is yours three milligrams so right mine now
1: mine is five milligram but i'm actually going to talk about that in in tying into how it's uh, you know It's unregulated by the FDA. So we'll get into the dosages with the -the over-the-counter stuff.
0: Um, Go ahead. One thing that was really interesting is just purely the fact that none of the vitamins and supplements that we take, like we were just talking about fish oil, magnesium, none mm -hmm. of that is regulated. And actually, I was doing a video on vitamin D Mm -hmm. vitamin D supplements, that's a huge thing. Basically, Mm -hmm. you don't need so much vitamin D over the counter, like in terms of like, how much you can ingest and how much you should ingest. So Mm -hmm. the standard dosage, if I'm remembering correctly, like how much you would need is like about a max of 800 international units or 800 Mm -hmm. IU. Mm -hmm. But if you go to your local drugstore, you can find vitamin D supplements that are like, 260,000 IU or something crazy like that. Like, that is extreme. Like, you should not be ingesting to that high amount. Mm-hmm. Why is it in your over the counter supplements then? Right. Because it's not regulated. That's right. purely end all be all. And something that I'm maybe I'll get into there's a lot of language. On Mm. these bottles, in these products that tout a lot of different things like clinically proven or has Mm -hmm. X amount Mm -hmm. of studies by this, this and this. If -hmm. they don't specifically state where that research is being held or who is doing that research, you can pretty much guarantee that it's not a thing. So. There's yeah. just a lot of stuff. I'm not saying this is not to like bash vitamins and supplements. There's definitely a role for them and it is it can be very life-saving and very beneficial, mm-hmm. but there's just has to be it's one of those things where you have to do a little more due diligence as a consumer to make sure you're getting the right thing
1: yeah and and going back real quick the reason why we grabbed our bottles in the first place I was like oh mine's chewable actually reading my my thing mine is a, dis- <laughs> a dissolving one but uh, I just oh, okay. chew it so yeah like yeah. that's I'm like I don't want it just to just sit on my tongue and it's yeah. strawberry flavored so it yeah, does taste yummy um, that good. will tie into the story for sure uh, oh um and it is five milligrams it says it is specific mine's by natrol you've probably seen this bottle before yep, right yeah yep, mine natrol. is What's yours?
0: nature made Yep, Nature Made's super popular, mm-hmm. supp- super popular. Su-
1: supplement um, manufacturer. Same with Natrol. Yeah, mine says sleep, fall asleep faster with a little like asterisk. It almost looks like a, a cross. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. What does that cross say? Let's see. It's almost like an addendum, like it's a uh, right. footnote. So, what does yeah. that say?
1: my footnote says and there's there's many statements on the bottle that have this foot the same exact footnote tied to it and the footnote says these statements have not been evaluated by the by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease yeah. see that's good <laughs> yeah yeah like that. they they should have that <laughs> they should have that yeah but it's always interesting. And and I think this is not anything totally new to anybody. I think a lot of people who have purchased supplements recognize this. Yeah. But I think it's an important conversation. I think, you know, doing this research, I was like, I can see how people can easily fall into kind of like... The Courtney Kardashian mindset. You know what I'm kind of guessing <laughs> yeah. at? You know, like, yes. oh, you don't know what you're putting in your body, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and some of that is valid and some of that is maybe can be taken to the extremes. But on some level, I think it's always okay to be slightly cautious. But let's talk about what is melatonin in the first place. Because I figured it's best to just give facts and then people can build their opinions around it. I love that. So... All right, so melatonin was first isolated in 1958 by an American physician named Aaron B. Lerner. And his Lerner?
0: Colleagues
1: at- Lerner? I yeah. love
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I guess it's fitting, huh? Um, yeah. And his colleagues at Yale University School of Medicine. Go, Gail. Go, Woo! Drew, our best buddy who did yes, his yes, yes, yes. public health master's there. Anyways, so yeah, isolated in 1958. Melatonin is an endogenous neurohormone, which means, Mm -hmm. some vocab, endogenous, (laughs) just means that we make it naturally in our bodies. It is secreted by the pineal gland, which is in the central part of our brain near the hypothalamus. So there is some um, kind of association with how melatonin works with our homeostasis. Mm -hmm. And it's specifically, melatonin is specifically secreted in response to darkness. So as the sun sets, your pineal gland knows to release melatonin. And as light starts to come back, vision processes that light is returning into our lives, the pineal gland will stop releasing the melatonin. And this regulates our sleep-wake cycle, aka our circadian rhythm. And so if you... I love to talk about sleep. I know I did this whole sleep paralysis episode and all that. I think it's so interesting. But if you know enough, uh, I mean, just the basics about sleep, you you know that you need to sleep to maintain your homeostasis. And as a very, very super basic way of summarizing, just like there's a lot of research and potential concern around how if you overdo it with like external melatonin, how does that impact your homeostasis? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So melatonin as a prescribed therapy or used in and you know as a prescribed medicine used in some sort some types of sleep therapy. It's often used for jet lag or yeah. used in young young adults slash children slash adults <laughs> who do have some sort of sleep disorders. Yeah. Or, you know, people who just naturally do not produce the normal amounts of of melatonin that is typical within the population. Mm-hmm. And so, what is the average amount of melatonin that we secrete from our pineal gland? The average amount, this is from NCBI. It says in normal young adults, the average daytime and peak nighttime values are 10 and 60 picograms per milliliter.
0: Mm. And wow. a
1: picogram, I had to look it up because I was like, that sounds small. A picogram is one trillionth of a gram. And so, this is where there are some questions around. We just talked about how our bottles, mm-hmm. mine says five milligrams per tablet. Yep.
0: Yep.
1: Five milligrams. Yep. We naturally <laughs> only create, what, 10 to 60 picograms? That's not so. We create such a small amount that, n- again, this is where you go into like the Courtney Kardashian, realm, but like <laughs> that naturally helps us fall asleep and mm-hmm. naturally wake. Mm-hmm. Five milligrams is an exorbitant uh, increase, right? In that amount, and it's just interesting. And here's the thing that I, I'm again, I'm not really following my notes. I'm just going with like yeah, what's coming to it. mind. The thing about when supplements are not regulated, my bottle might say five milligrams, but there is evidence as you had kind of hinted at Harini, that as much as it might say five milligrams per tablet in the bottle alone, there can be a large variability in what is mm-hmm. actually in each tablet or what is actually in the whole bottle. So yep. there's a study. Mm-hmm. Let me see when we find the the actual numbers
0: while you're doing that yeah. i mm-hmm. i actually took melatonin last night Yeah, <laughs> and That's okay. i took it last night actually i yeah. was talking to my parents right before i got on my dad wanted mm-hmm. to know what episode what you're doing tonight so i mm-hmm. told him melatonin and then i was like i actually took it last night he's like did you do that in preparation for that episode <laughs> yeah, and i was like no <laughs> tell me about your lived experience <laughs> did it so- help did it help you It did help me because uh, I didn't sleep well last night. Uh, Dave left for his trip at 3.30 a.m., so I didn't get Mm -hmm. to sleep after that. I just couldn't go fall back to sleep. So I was just tired the rest of the day, took it, felt great. But I I was going to say, before you jump into the numbers, I just want to further emphasize what Megan already said by putting it into perspective. Like Us as humans, we have had a long time to evolve. So mm. if our body has already like figured out how much they want to release, how much it wants to mm-hmm. release in terms of melatonin each night to get us safely to sleep and then also to wake us up. And it's in pico- you said picograms, right? Picograms.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
0: picograms. And then we're taking milligrams. Like We clearly don't need that much in order to right. actually fall asleep. And right. of course, there are certain circumstances where that might not be the case, but for the vast mm-hmm. majority, like yeah, even three milligrams is quite a lot. Yeah.
1: I I was reading it, – it, and it was like – it was one of the news articles I was talking about, the CDC report that came out. And, of course, they bring in, like, a doctor to give their, their comment on it. Mm-hmm. But one of them said something like, it is – Just something to note, as you said, we make this amount, but we're consuming a significantly larger amount. And the reality Mm -hmm. is this five milligram tablet, I could probably like hypothetically, but also probably true. You could take (laughs) less than half of that tablet, right? If if it's true to its word, if it's true to its word that there's five milligrams in each tablet, I could take a small grain of it and that would actually be technically enough for Mm -hmm. it to you know, if I'm having trouble sleeping or if I even have like the tiniest amount of melatonin deficiency, that would be enough to actually match what the human body creates. Yeah. So we're essentially overdosing. We're overdosing (laughs) this supplement, which is, I mean, yeah. Uh, I know we're going to talk about toxicity later, but I think I can just spoil it. There's not enough research right now. (laughs) <laughs> I know, yeah. super unsatisfying. There there's not enough research right now to really see if there is toxicity in adults. Like, I think I saw something that was like you could probably eat a lot and just kind of yeah. feel kind of sick and nauseous and maybe you know, too groggy or fatigued, but I think right. for it to truly become a like an LD50 situation, it would be a large amount you'd have to eat. So, as yeah. much as we might be like five milligrams. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You could probably eat a whole bottle and be fine. You just yeah. might not feel good in the tummy. Um, yeah. but Agreed. it's all like, it's, it's just an interesting, like, as much as you could eat a whole bottle, you don't even need to eat a whole pill. You know what I'm no, saying? So, exactly.
0: Yeah. And I, something that I will say that we learned about in school is that melatonin is relatively harmless. Like it's mm-hmm. not something like it doesn't have you know, typical adverse events or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Like it doesn't really interact with a lot of things. As Mm -hmm. far as like drugs go, it's pretty clean um, because it's something that we make endogenously in our body, as you said. So Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to hurt us, right? If anything, I have two thoughts on this because of course we don't have the research. So this is just like me hypothesizing at this point. But part of me wonders like the reason why you would have to just take so much or even if you did take a lot, it wouldn't really – hurt you, quote unquote, because I wonder if there's, you know, at a certain point, if there's just like a saturation effect in our body where it's just like it doesn't work anymore after a certain point. Excuse me. And also, I was going to say, in this bottle of melatonin, um, if you were to take excess amount of, like, 50 to 60 pills, like, say, in one one sitting, I -hmm. guarantee you, like, you're not going to get sick from the actual melatonin. You're probably going to get sick from whatever is mixed with it, like, anything that's, like, a filler ingredient in that. It's probably something outside of the actual melatonin. Like, yes, I'm sure you're going to be extremely, extremely sleepy, but I don't think that's going to kill you, like, compared to, like, if you were to take a ton of Ambien, for example. Right, right.
1: I'm glad you brought up, like, the the components of what actually go into supplements, like you mentioned the word filler. So let me go mm-hmm. back to the study about what was, yeah, how they found that there's so variable in the actual amounts of melatonin in, in these tablets. So um, let's see. This is a study published in the Journal of Sleep Medicine in 2017. It's titled Poor Quality Control of Over the Counter Melatonin. What they say is often not what you get. It says the most variable sample in the study was the chewable tablet. Ding-a-ling, that's what I have. <laughs> um, and uh, it contained almost—it contained almost nine milligrams of melatonin when it was supposed to contain <gasps> one point five milligrams.
0: You're that's, kidding! That's what it
1: was labeled. One point—it was offering one point five milligrams, but actually, they found that there was nine milligrams in in the mixture or in a tablet within the mixture.
0: What that doesn't it- make sense, Megan? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh it also exhibited the greatest variability between lots. So the the mm. like the production oh lots, this was a four hundred and sixty-five percent difference across the whole lot sort of thing. So it's it could range from bad. the highest one was, you know, they say it's 1.5 milligrams, but it's actually nine, or it's one point five milligrams, but it's actually point three, you know, like just all over the place. The lowest melatonin content was minus 83% compared to its labeled value in a capsule that also contained here comes like the fillers lavender, chamomile, and lemon balm. Ironically, actually hearing that in my head I'm like maybe that's for the the good because we don't yeah. really need that much melatonin in the first place. But yeah. but what I'm trying to get at is that it's it's false advertising.
0: Totally. Totally. <laughs> um, but so
1: but capsule showed the greatest variability between lots. Liquid supplements surprisingly showed generally high to median Stability, okay. Liquid Hmm. supplements, I see you. I see you Um, with low (laughs) lot to lot stability. The least variable, the least variable products were those that contained the simplest mix of ingredients, generally oral or sublingual tablets with melatonin added to a filler, it's a silica or or cellulose derivatives, and were the most reproducible. Yeah. So there you go. So I'm just. This is just to say, and I imagine this is not just in the case of melatonin. I imagine there are tons of supplemental products out there that really are varied in what they're actually advertising.
0: Like who Um, is making these melatonin? (laughs) Like, is it just like toddlers? Like what in the world?
1: I I, I did have a list of the biggest manufacturers of melatonin, but I I I don't know, I put it away somewhere. I was like, maybe that's not relevant. Oh well Well, I can find it later. (laughs) I
0: guess like my point is for example, like if you, if you take any other, I guess, actually regulated drug, you don't want to add more of your ingredient, like more of your star mm-hmm. ingredient into a pill. Like that's that's just bad business. Like you're not, mm. you're you're s- losing out on your product. You're giving more product for like the less amount of money. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like right. why would right. you add in nine milligrams when you're supposed to do, when it's, you're selling 1.5? Like what that doesn't even make any sense to me. So, I think
1: that there are po- like there are two possible answers that I see to that question. Which is, whatever's going into a melatonin supplement in general is cheap as hell. Whatever is that the whole mixture of it, mm. even if you have nine milligrams of melatonin, I'm imagining that synthetic melatonin mm. is very, very, very cheap to produce. Yeah, um, that's one possibility. So, like there, it's probably it does not what's the word outweigh the price that they're selling these products at mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. i actually I, ha- I should have done this what's the price of a melatonin supplement bottle let me look it up natural natural yeah. melatonin
0: help support yeah it has the classy.
1: it's a, it's it's about 10 bucks so i mean that's a pretty significant amount of money like that's yeah a lunch in like like that's what I like to compare ten dollars. Yeah, to. not in San Diego. That's not a lunch in San Diego. San Diego is no, fifteen dollars yeah. not. But like I think that's like an average price of a lunch, essentially. So does it pricey. Like supplements are pricey, and I Megan. I think that yes.
0: I was just gonna <laughs> say I was curious if your bottle says the same thing as mine. It says no color added, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, no yeast, gluten free. Courtney would love that. <laughs>
1: Does it have all of those little asterisks next, next to it or no?
0: Uh, ooh. Yeah, it
1: does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Daily mine does value. not.
1: Okay. Mine doesn't make any of those claims, but that is because it does have the ingredients listed on there. There's like cellulose gum, okay. soy soliacarides, food starch.
0: Maybe yeah. cuz it's flavored, I don't know, because mine's just yeah. like straight, you just swallow it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
1: So yeah, that's a little fun <laughs> learning moment there. Um, <laughs> okay, I wanted to go back to the CDC study, because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, the whole purpose of this episode was to say that apparently children are ingesting right, more melatonin I than they ever have. So let's talk about the children. That's what we care about. Yep. Okay, so, so in this study, children is defined by ages 19 and younger, ages mm-hmm. 19 and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty broad range. That is... During the 10-year study period, 260,435 pediatric melatonin ingestions were reported to the National Poison Data System. And I do take that number, and I think, like, that's actually not a lot of people in 10 years. Like, in my opinion, 260,000, like, that's actually a small number in 10 years. That's what I think. What do you think? Yeah, I I, think so. Yeah. So um, just take that in number in mind, but that is an annual number of ingestions increased by 530%, which seems like an extravagant number. But I think it's it's all like scale and perspective, too. So it might seem alarming to be like, oh, there's an increase of 530% um, reported ingestions. Um, But it's over a long period of time. And, you know, I, I... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to say like we shouldn't be concerned, but I always get kind of kind of finicky with these numbers and I just like I I just know it's easy to cause alarm and I think that it doesn't really this is something that I can ultimately back up and not just like put my thoughts out into the mm-hmm. the air. There are studies prior to the CDC report that show that melatonin consumption has actually been increasing for a while prior to 2012, mm-hmm. um, you know, like outside of these past 10 years. There's yeah. a study that was published in 2012 in the Journal of Pineal Research that states that 3 million adults reported using melatonin as a supplement in 2012 which was double the reported intake in 2007 oh so God. there is a trend age, huh. it even goes further i think this is actually quite interesting hold on
0: dude okay? no 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 <laughs> <laughs> and okay. was a long inhale <laughs> i think yeah. we're i don't think we've ever talked about it to each other but clearly you're also as interested in sleep but yes I'm just really fascinated. And this this whole trend, like from you said 2007 and onwards mm-hmm. to, to today, I think yeah. it, it raises a bigger question of our sleep habits, like what's happening yes. to us. I mean, you yes. we understand the obvious, which is like, oh, technology, we're on our phones, right, like the, right. the usual, right? But, right? but like, how do we get away from that? Like, how do we reverse all of that?
1: Right. So I don't have the antidote for reversal, but I do actually have the... The reason why people, why researchers think that we have been increasing our melatonin intake. But, real yeah. quick, I also wanted to say um, this is from that same uh, study that was talking mm-hmm. about like the comparison between 2007 and 2012. It said in other countries such as Norway, where melatonin is not available without prescription, there has wow. also been a significant <clears throat> growth in the number of prescriptions in both adults and children between 2004 and 2011. Hmm. So, in this particular case, just as an example, yeah, even in a country where over the counter melatonin is not a thing, the prescribed melatonin is still is still being consumed at a larger rate, you know, from 2004 to 2011. Yep. Okay. So you asked the Oh my god, LT is a lion on my keyboard. <laughs> so <laughs> you asked the great question what is happening to us as a society? <laughs> yeah, and like what's happening with our sleep? Um, mm-hmm. and this is really important because sleep is super so tied important. to our health and it's success. So and
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and um, is a secret in, to in, life. in a weird, in a weird way, <laughs> in a weird way because what I'm about to answer, because mm. of this root cause, we've mm. actually become more invested in sleep, but we've been investing in sleep aids like melatonin yeah. instead of actually trying to maybe change our sleep hygiene habits, yes, things like that. Correct. So it's very fascinating. Um. Yep. So let me get to what you were asking.
0: Sure. I, I think I talked about this once before, but as a pharmacist, it might sound backwards to y'all but we are we <laughs> the first thing we always want to do is to before prescribing medication or assessing you for medication is can we do it without drugs can we do it without medication mm. when i was trying to get at when we learned about melatonin the first thing we learned about much more in depth, actually, rather than the actual drug component was sleep hygiene. How do we counsel and talk to someone about how to assess their own sleep hygiene and how do you first try to adjust your sleep schedule or your your pre-sleep habits mm-hmm. to help you fall asleep and stay asleep? Because those are two right. really important things like falling asleep. Some people have issues just falling asleep, but once they're asleep, they're fine but mm-hmm. some people have issues staying asleep or sometimes right. both. So those right. are really like two distinct issues that melatonin can help with as well as other things. But sleep hygiene is huge. The The honest answer is there is a, there is a way to, to help with your sleep, but we just don't want to yeah. do it. And because I'm one it, of those people. Yeah, because it yeah. does
1: take – Actual changes in your yeah. lifestyle habits yep. and creating a routine sleep sleep right. hygiene. For those of you who don't know, that basically means what's your bedtime routine? Uh, you know, when they talk about good sleep hygiene, this is where they say you need to turn off your electronics because remember, your yep. melatonin is released when it's yep. nighttime. There is evidence that any form of soft light mm-hmm. at the end of the day will keep your pineal gland from releasing the melatonin that you need to actually go to sleep to, yeah. to kick off your sleep-wake cycle. Mm-hmm. So good sleep hygiene is turning off your electronics, any sort of screen time. I saw that off offhand. I saw there was one woman who lived for a month just by candlelight. Right. <laughs> that worked for her, right? But I'm not saying you don't have to live by candlelight, but it was <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, they say, like, try to read a book before yeah. going to bed. Mm-hmm. Even like the whole process of going from brushing your teeth to changing into clean clothes, clean sheets, lying Mm -hmm. down and just meditating is something that can improve sleep hygiene too. But any source of – if you're eliminating light or dimming down the lights in Mm -hmm. a healthy way, that can be good for your melatonin release as well.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking about – how amazing people probably slept in medieval times. Like, I know. Dude. Well, they had
1: nothing else to do They didn't <laughs> have electricity or light. Like, they're like, that's the end of the day. We don't have, we, yeah. If, if I stay out late, I'm dead. I know. That's right. <laughs> I am, that means I'm exposed to the nature exactly. and the elements, and I'm probably going to die. Yeah. Um, 6 p.m., so take yeah. your ass to bed. <laughs> oh my okay. God. Okay. What a life. I don't know why it's taken me so long to find my answer.
0: You're good. Take your time.
1: I also uh, it's because I, I know where the the overall global answer is, but I also wanted to I keep going away from the children. The Sorry. children. So so basically why in this time period between twenty twelve and twenty twenty one Has there been an increase despite, you know, we know overall there's been a trend going up since long before 2012. But in the CDC report, they did note that the largest increase was in, um, was during the onset of the pandemic of COVID-19. And so there was this Mm. kind of theoretical tie that during the lockdown era of the pandemic, you have a lot of children and young Adults, oh. adolescents at home, who either one because of the stress of what's happening in their life actually need a sleep aid themselves. Yeah, and in some cases, there are parents. Or I don't think there's a age restriction on buying melatonin. Like I think no. if you're a teenager, you can go to a CVS and just buy it on your own. And I'm sure that was something. Like I know how kids work. They're like, I'm I have melatonin to help me sleep. Like <laughs> yeah. everyone else is going to buy it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. There's this theory that because of the stress of COVID and being in lockdown era, kids were either, you know, taking melatonin for themselves, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of accidental in- ingestions because parents uh. with the stress of working from home and the stress of being with their kids at home or whatever, you know, just <laughs> in a stressful time, parents mm-hmm. needed the sleep aid a lot too. Mm-hmm. And there it's just like the cannabis intoxication. They're keeping it in their cabinets and kids are getting into it accidentally. And I had mentioned this before. Mine's flavored. Mine's strawberry. Mine does taste like candy. I remember the first time I bought this that I was like, this is the tastiest (laughs) thing I've ever had. And it comes in all forms. It comes in gummy form. It comes in these dissolvable tablets. Sometimes the packaging is cute or like very pleasing to the eye. It's the same thing. And so that's where a lot of the accidental ingestions of Children five years and younger, which is the larger kind of concerning mm-hmm. part portion of that population, was getting into melatonin, and mm-hmm. that's where those poison control calls were coming from. This is real quick. Going back to the toxicology, we've already kind of mentioned, is it harmful? No, but thinking about children five years mm-hmm. and younger, their bodies are not adult bodies. Right, that's right. easy to see. So in some ways, a high dose of... You know, if it's true to its word, five milligrams in a tablet for a mm-hmm. small person, and they're may, they might be eating more than that because it tastes like candy for a small, oh small person that can have physiological effects that could be scary for them, like being nauseous or being super drowsy. Dude. There was a doctor that commented it's not something like if you do feel like your child has quote unquote overdosed on melatonin. It's usually a good outcome. It is like you'll you majority of the yeah. times they're going to be fine. Yeah, but if you do notice slowed breathing, that's when you do need to take them to a hospital. Anytime there's slowed mm-hmm. breathing, there needs to be concern, high level of concern. So all, all I was saying was that like if there's a slowed breathing, mm-hmm. then then you need to take concern and take yeah. your child to the hospital. Absolutely. In the CDC report, they did mention that there were three instances. I think. Of extreme intoxication, uh, where they uh, they had to go to the the ICU or something, mm-hmm. and two of those cases, the children did pass away. I oh. would like to say those two cases, these were infants. It was oh a three month old. Oh gosh. a three month old. How? And a 13-month-old. That exactly. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That one's a little bit – both are sketchy. But the three-month-old one, I mean, both that are sketchy. That is sketchy. sketchy. Three-month
0: yeah. is yeah. extremely Very, sketch.
1: Yeah. I don't know what was happening, happening there.
0: Maybe so. I think my <laughs> brain goes. <laughs> yeah. I can see maybe it's not ill-intentioned whatsoever, but I can see maybe clearly it's a, a new parent perhaps. Mm. And mm. it's – pandemic time, they're exhausted, Mm. they're stressed, their baby's not sleeping, so they Mm. might have dissolved it into some formula and given it to the baby and not realizing that really five milligrams of melatonin is actually 100 milligrams in their manufacturing speak. Right, right, right. (laughs) Oh, God, that is so scary. So I
1: I don't have the – I didn't look into that particular instance. Um So if you that's if poison pals, you want to look into that, you're welcome to. But I'm just like, this doesn't sound like I want it. that's no not something I want to explore per se. Okay, so then now going back to what is this upward trend of relying on a sleep aid in general, this information was taken from it's called Tech Technavio, which is a, a company that releases market research reports. So okay. they they look at market trends, global mm-hmm. market trends. Because mm-hmm. um, I was interested in what is the what is the industry, the melatonin industry, and what does it make? Because we're clearly seeing an upward swing in use of the product, so like it must be doing well. So Technavio says that. This is what I have on my paper. It says sales Mm -hmm. increased from 285 million in 2016 to 821 million in 2020. And I do think, I do think that is a global number because I feel like I said this earlier, but in many countries across the world, including, um, you know, most of the Western European countries, lots of parts of South America, Asia, et cetera. Um, Melatonin is not sold over the counter. It is yeah. prescribed medicinally. Mm-hmm. It's regulated. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think this number is in the millions because when you have it as a prescription, it's not going to be sold ad nauseum as much globally. That said, because we consume it like candy in the US, yep. according to Technavio, 35% of growth is for this upcoming year from 2021 to 2026, 35% of the industry indus- industry growth will come from North America alone. <laughs> it's a hugely concentrated market within the United States and Canada. Canada actually just started regulating melatonin. Mm. So they do not sell it over the counter anymore. It is now something that is prescribed. Huh. The U.S., we are just in another We Love our field. freedom. We yep. are, yes. So we are contributing greatly to the <laughs> global market revenue. Wow. That's you know that is just occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, the total global increase in the market will be about one point four nine billion dollars. Wow. So here's the reason Congrats. for the increase. I keep, I know, I keep putting this off, but the reason for the increase.
0: <laughs> yes, <is>. we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're finally here. <laughs>
1: According to Technavio, the increase in human life expectancy and the number of working hours is one of the key drivers supporting the melatonin market growth. Many countries are actually raising the age of retirement to reduce the escalating cost of pensions and healthcare. Many people experience stress during a normal working week and it is a major case of burnout and depression. Urban lifestyles have become hectic, which has led to a decline in the consumption of home-cooked meals. Due to the lack of time, people prefer to buy pre-prepared foods from fast food stores, restaurant takeouts, or supermarket takeouts. Increased stress levels can raise blood pressure, resulting Mm -hmm. in faster heartbeats and the narrowing of blood vessels. To relieve stress, patients use products such as a foam pressure relief mattresses and (laughs) special pillows for uninterrupted sleep and healthy healthy life. The Global melatonin market is expected to grow during the forecast period, which is 2021 to 2026, owing to the rising stress and anxiety levels among individuals, which is prompting the need for sleeping aids in the future. So it's what I said before, it's that all these factors, I know you're probably like, why are we talking about food or whatever? But it's just, it's all tied together. Mm -hmm. This, this rising, I mean... In in lots of developed or developing countries, there's this rising, we are living to work sort of mentality that I think is happening and it's causing people to kind of shortcut in their life, you know, going to the fast food restaurants, but that's not their fault. You know, that's the culture that's being, um, you know, implemented on them. Yeah. They can't control that, but as an easy way to... To have a quick solution to all these stressors, Mm -hmm. they're buying supplements rather than, you know, uh, adjusting the lifestyle. But that's not, that's, it's like, they can't, if they don't have the resources to actually take time to cook a home cooked meal, like maybe they don't, maybe they work a double shift. You know what yep, I mean? Yep. Maybe they work a double shift. I don't have time to relax for a moment and take a time mm-hmm. f- moment for my day. I don't have time to think about my sleep hygiene because I need to yeah. be up at three a.m. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Oh God. So yeah.
1: this is what is happening
0: to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, exactly. We're not doing it. It's happening to us, and I think it's like swimming trying to swim upstream like all of us are trying to swim upstream frantically to to get to a better healthier state and it's our circumstances and our environment are just not allowing it to be so i, I think it's just like a broader I, I like how things i like is not the right word it's interesting to note how things had an uptick during the pandemic because that's really when things shifted i i hope that everything that we saw during the pandemic, especially to companies, they could see that mental health is so important. Taking time and having balance in one's life is so important. Being able to have flexibility in a, in your life is extremely important. Those are things that we just not have not been honoring for decades, decades, and it's only been getting worse. So, I, I mean, I can't stress enough how important sleep is like it's not just like something that we do every night and like we try to get a few hours in and then we just go about our day like it really is the basis to everything like mentally physically and beyond that yeah
1: absolutely so it's kind of a downer in terms of the social (laughs) aspects yeah um there is an antidote um, okay. in terms of how to keep your children out of your melatonin. I yeah. think it's a very similar antidote to the hydrocannabis, your, your THC. Yep, but this yep. is taken from Slate. Um I'm just going to read it verbatim. So how do you keep your kids safe while balancing your own Corona somnia? That's what they called it because <laughs> they recognize they they also read the study. They recognized that a lot of people were having sleep problems during mm-hmm. the pandemic yep. and are still experiencing sleep problems. First, consider if you or they need the stuff at all. Do your children or young adult kiddos actually need melatonin as a supplement for themselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. many cases of acute insomnia can be cured with lifestyle changes and better sleep hygiene that's what we just talked about if you can't live without melatonin on hand consider (sighs) buying brands with smaller dosages Mm -hmm. and if you have small kids around going with a brand that can't easily been be mistaken for candy so buy Mm -hmm. a bottle that looks very clinical (laughs) you know (laughs) um looks boring and looks like medicine you might not need as high a dose as you think, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. And this way, even if your child gets into the bottle, the risk of overdosing is lower. Yep. I totally agree with that. I do think back to that whole example of there was a bottle advertised as 1.5 milligrams yeah. and yet there was 9 milligrams in it. So I it's know. like, are you really protected there? But it's a good it's a good thought. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Go for the lower dosages. You don't need the 5 milligram bottle, I think, yeah, personally. I agree. Personally, when I, this is, this is the person in Slate writing. Personally, when I scan the shelves, I look for the number 300. Since some lower dosage pills are marketed in micrograms rather than milligrams. Mm, so look at one. how they're measuring it too. Yep, That's yep. another way to look at for lower dosages. Just make sure it is in fact 300 <laughs> MCG, not MG. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Choose pills that you have to swallow rather than chewable tablets, mm. gummies, or tinctures. Also really smart. I'm like, yeah, duh. Kids love to chew things. Yeah. If they have to swallow, like if they bite into something hard, uh, uh-uh, it's not, they're not going to like that yeah uh, unless they that's like true m- the kids do like pennies so like they like money <laughs> i know i love to suck on money when i was a kid anyway <laughs> <laughs> so satisfying <laughs> um, okay. um yeah, exactly exactly uh yeah so rather than chewable tablets gummies or tinctures tinctures so they appeal less to kids looking for something tasty yeah. finally keep that melatonin on the highest shelf or even mm. better mm-hmm. a locked cabinet that kids don't have access to that yep. is, do yourself what the FDA won't, treat it like a drug.
0: <laughs> yes. Like uh, snap.
1: I forgot to say. Oh, I just remembered. I know. Ended it, I love ending it on that. I remember reading that sentence and I was like, damn straight slate. Yeah, yeah. I. This is what I wanted to say earlier. In the 1960s, like really, mm-hmm. really recently after melatonin was isolated. Of yeah. course, they did lots of studies on it. It is a hormone. Like we need to remember that it's a hormone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It actually used to be called the anti-gonadal hormone. Do you know anything <laughs> about
0: this anti-gonadal hormone? Yes,
1: uh, I it's don't think exactly so. What it sounds like, yeah. So apparently, in the '60s, they did lots of studies of, um, you know, uh, putting higher doses of melatonin on rats, and right. they found that it actually did have an anti-gonadal effect on. Rats Hmm. physiology, meaning that they would not develop the appropriate gonads that would have been expected from that particular rat. So we did talk about toxicity, right? And Mm -hmm. I think on the adult body, you know, a lot of melatonin would be really hard to, you know, become intoxicated from or even have any negative impact. But I think that there is some sort of like caution that if you do give a lot of melatonin to a developing body, Mm -hmm. there's the evidence that it could have an anti-gonadal effect. So something to think about.
0: Wow. I'm not laughing at that. (laughs) I was just – I laughed at myself because I was – thinking in my head, I'm like, oh my God. I was thinking about all the times that Dave has had melatonin and just like in my mind, I was imagining his balls like shrinking into his body. And then you said developing males, like duh, that makes sense. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is, I mean, this, I... <sighs> <laughs> listeners understand that this is me as a non-scientist just just asking questions and speculating. Mm-hmm. My brain when I hear that about like anti-gonadal effects on a developing body, I think about like, you know, um how sensitive your biome is when you're in the womb. Things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, what if hypothetically, like my my questions are let's say you have a pregnant mother who's taking melatonin, um and I imagine, I actually imagine that in this day and age, they probably advise against w- um, pregnant women taking melatonin. No, okay, no <laughs> You're seeing head shakes. I don't know. I just because I don't know anything about it, so I'm going to assume I'm going to assume there's a lot of restriction for for women who are pregnant. That said, let's say there's a mom taking melatonin. I'm like, how does that impact your developing fetus? And yeah, why, like the the sex outcome of the child and things like that or and how that could determine biological outcome they have for them but also maybe their gender identification like you know i how all that transitions throughout life and that's i don't know that's all speculation and there's all speculation it's just a thought it's just a thought you know but um, i'm gonna
0: add some fuel to your speculation (laughs) right now because i was gonna say like i i mean I've only been around two pregnant women in my life who are close to me. Both are family members. And I distinctly remember asking because, of course, like as a pregnant woman, mm-hmm. sometimes as, especially like the closer it gets to your due date, it is hard to sleep, at mm-hmm. least in in the situation I'm familiar with. My two family members, they definitely needed some kind of sleep aid for certain mm-hmm. nights when it was a little bit tough. And I know they both were able to take melatonin. And this mm-hmm. is I don't know if it's related, but they're both having girls or had a girl so i don't know (laughs) i don't know like i know i know
1: i'm sure it's just a simple google search of like melatonin effects on developing fetus or like does melatonin uh cause a girl you know like a a girl birth versus or or, you know female birth versus a male birth um i'm sure that's all very easy to find out but uh
0: Yeah, yeah i i mean i doubt it has like huge effects but who knows right yeah I mean, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like I vaguely remember when I was learning this that I think because it's not regulated, like the vitamin supplement industry is not regulated, there's no incentive to run clinical trials on it. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there's no one regulating you. There's like the FDA is not going to give you a gold star and be like, okay, you're now officially approved if you do all these clinical trials. Like no one's watching you, you know, so you don't have to do anything, right? So. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it is a little bit. I think everything that we know about it is honestly just from anecdotal evidence. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it's whatever, cl- whatever trials are being ran by the company that's that's selling it to. Yeah. So that is to. I want to go back because I do want to end it on this note. Yeah, I think my takeaway from what I've learned is any dietary supplements melatonin in particular because it is a hormone and we Mm -hmm. actually already produce just a fine amount for most of us if you are suffering from insomnia um actually insomnia is kind of to me that's actually an extreme like but if you're suffering from maybe you've just had worse sleep than usual and Mm -hmm. you're looking at using melatonin as a option just remind yourself like my body produces such a small amount compared to what the supplement is offering. Do I really need this much melatonin just to get one good night's sleep? Or can it just be a matter of trying to change a small bit of my sleep habits? And that is all to the final message is like, I think you should look at melatonin as a drug. I think mm-hmm. you should. Other countries Absolutely. look at it as a drug and I think that we should be a little bit more mindful about it too. That's my takeaway yeah.
0: from the research. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I don't I'd have to do a little more research on this, but if you are in the boat of I I am going to treat it as a drug, therefore Mm -hmm. I'm not going to just take it willy-nilly over the counter, even if it's just like once in a while and you want to take something else for sleep. Magnesium is not going to put you to sleep, but it is a vitamin supplement that is going to just relax your body and maybe Mm -hmm. make it a little bit easier in your sleep routine. Mm -hmm. Not something you should be taking every day, I guess, for that, but it might be like a nice alternative um, if you do more research on it.
1: Right, right. So that's it. That's my story. Hope it was super educational. Yeah. I wish I had the time to look this up. uh, But Poison Pals, you can (laughs) do me a favor. And for your own, for like a fun question that I had on my mind, like what is the melatonin production like in communities that actually have longer daylight hours. So I'm thinking Mm. about people who live closer to the North Pole, those indigenous communities up there. I think it'd be really interesting to see if their production of melatonin is much less or more Mm. compared to People closer to the equator um, right right so that was a, that was one question that i didn't get the chance to get to so that's yeah. your homework guys go look <laughs> that
0: up <laughs> i am interested so i will look it up yeah. that's awesome megan yeah. that was a really good episode really thank educational you, thank you thanks for right, bringing it uh, to the
1: pod absolutely let's go into antidotes
0: yes ma'am my antidote is uh I guess my antidote is learning a new skill. I my skill that I learned is using a tufting gun which sounds Yay. dangerous, but
1: you got one. You, you, I got you, one. Yes. You're going all in. I'm I going this. all in.
0: Yeah. So I actually, for those who don't know what that is, like tufting is basically using yarn to like kind of make rugs or different things like that. You, you can make whatever you want, but I'm, I'm making rugs right now. But anyways, I had bought <laughs> all the stuff. I brought all the, the gun and everything like that, but I, and I had made like the whole frame, so everything's ready to go. I just had to start. But part mm-hmm. of me was a little bit intimidated about using it because it's like a tool, like it's a machine, a mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. machine tool. So I was just a little bit nervous about starting and if it was going to come out okay. And to be honest, the first time I tried it, the first several times I would say, it was not good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it did, I wasn't doing it right or it, it didn't mm-hmm. look good. I knew it didn't look right. So mm-hmm. I went back to the drawing board, watched some videos, and then I tried a few more times like a different technique and I finally got it. So it was just like a nice satisfying feeling that like I'm finally getting it and it is kind of like nice to just zone out and just do it. So I'll just put on a podcast or some music and I'll just like Mm -hmm. do it with like a nice little kombucha on the side with me and I'll just do it for like a like an hour or so and then go back to doing something else. But it's nice. It's nice to like learn a new skill and also like make something like being creative. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's such a satisfying feeling and like Mm -hmm. Also, when you get to the point where like, oh, I have a handle on this. Mm-hmm. I remember in the early stages, this was a mess. <laughs> and now I'm like, eh, yeah, I got it. That's yeah. so satisfying. Right. That's, that's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. For me, my antidote is that I've gotten <laughs> – this just shows like every everybody's life has – I wouldn't even call it a a valley or anything. It just everyone has like waves in their Mm -hmm, life. Right. mm -hmm. And so I've mentioned before that I love cooking. I'm sure I've mentioned that as an antidote before. Yeah. There are long stages (laughs) where I don't cook and I just get stuck in this momentum of eating out, eating out, eating out. Um, So my antidote is that I am, finally transferring back into the cooking stage um it had been quite a while really where, yeah it had been a long time huh. and i think it's because i was traveling up to sacramento a lot in the month okay of
0: may. yeah yeah, yeah Plus, that's like, right
1: lots of visitors coming in may so i was like it's just easier to eat out yeah um but i'm finally cooking again and Good. that's just been really satisfying yes. and um yeah i remembered it kind of brought back to me like i was like damn early in the pandemic, I remember mm-hmm. I was so into cooking because yeah. I don't mean to toot my own horn. <laughs> <laughs> I have a skill when it comes to cooking a particular type of Southeast Asian cuisine. Like I Mm -hmm. think I'm a pretty decent cook. Yeah, Um, you are. And I remember I was so into it during like early stages of pandemic. I I had those moments of considering like, do I pursue this? Do I totally stop what I'm doing right now and start to like consider culinary classes? All that stuff. Oh my God. That clearly did not happen. (laughs) Didn't happen. But um, that is all to say having started cooking again, I was like, what happened to that fire? Now it's just like yeah. oh, okay. now you know, <laughs> now it's just like oh, I just cook because I know I can do it.
0: Um, yeah. and it tastes yeah. good.
1: But I'm like, damn, I was so passionate about potentially opening a restaurant at some point. But
0: I would I can see you opening a restaurant actually. It would be fun. I, we can uh head on out. So Megan, why don't you take us on out of yeah. the episode?
1: Don't risk it for that uh non-regulated melatonin supplement biscuit. Good
0: night. Good night. (laughs) Sleep tight.